I called him on October 19, 2020, that I had a bad dream about him and he should not join the NSAS protest. I told him to ensure he prays for safety in all his endeavors. And I also prayed for him, hoping that no evil would happen to him. I never knew the call was going to be my last conversation with my son. I felt all that happened to him was destiny because I prayed. Twenty-nine-year-old Ayola Ayedumbi was the first child of his family. His mother had a bad dream about the protests and called him. It was the very last time they spoke. The NSAS protests were triggered by grievances arising from years of harassment and rights violations by operatives of the Police Special Anti-Robbery Squad, SARS. For weeks in October 2020, many Nigerian youths took to the streets to protest extrajudicial killings and other irregularities by the police unit. The protests led to the disbandment of the police tactical squad. In a desperate move to quell the demonstrations, which had continued despite the prescription of SARS, soldiers were deployed to the epicenter of the nationwide protests as Lekki Gate on October 20, 2020. This is Vestiges of Violence, a weekly podcast about personal stories of violence victims. For Human Angle, I am Hamida. Ayola was one of the victims of the violence that disrupted the largely peaceful protests in October 2020. He had graduated from a Bible school months earlier and was on the verge of being an evangelist before he was killed by the police during NSAS protest violence at Begum, Lagos State. His three other siblings saw him as their role model and he promised not to let them down as soon as things became rosy for him. He will never get to fulfill this promise. Ayola's mother did not know her son was a victim of the violence following the protests until 18 days later. We were told that they placed his pictures on vehicles in Bega with a tag of missing identity, hashtag NSAS victim. The banner read that those who knew Ayola's family should tell us to come to Mail ward at Lagos State University Chain Hospital in Ikeja. We rushed to last week the following day, and all I saw was my son in severe pain. The man who rescued him told us he was shot by the police 18 days earlier at Bega during violent attacks between officers and hoodlums. He died two days after his mother got to the hospital. The family is still in pain. I cry every time. 
Every time I remember my son or anytime I see boys in his age bracket, he was my eldest son and most times his younger ones console me. Ayola wanted to be a pastor but his life was cut short. I have accepted my fate. If not for the man who rescued him, he wouldn't be going to the judicial panel again because it does not appear like we will get justice. Like Ayola, 20-year-old Jimo Isiaka was hit by a stray bullet in Obomosho, Oyo State, southwest Nigeria. His family is still trying to cope. Early that day, his mother, Ramota, saw him and warned him against joining the protests because of the way the police reacted. Unfortunately, his father called me around noon on Saturday that I should meet him at Bowen University Teaching Hospital. He told me Isiaka was shot by police who were trying to disperse NSAS protesters. Ramota was fond of Isiaka and he would always promise to take her to Mecca for pilgrimage and care for her. I cannot forget Isiaka because he promised to take me to Mecca for pilgrimage and buy houses for me. Even with the little he was making before his death, he was already saving money for me to start a petty business. Isiaka's death was one of the defining moments during the protests. It did not take long for videos to circulate. He was standing by watching the protests when suddenly his sweatshirt went from blue to red, recolored with his blood. His father, Rajin, blames the police for his son's death. He went to Law Tech area to work, but he could not even carry out his assignment there due to answers. He was observing the protest from a distance, but unfortunately got shot with two stray bullets at the junction. Just like many other victims of violence during the protests, Isiaka's family have been left to grieve alone for a year without justice. Many people came to pay us condolence visits, including top government officials like Governor Shea Makinde, Minister of Sports, Sunday Dari and Senator Patai Wuhari. They all promised to assist us, but we didn't get any feedback. They set up a judicial panel and we were going to the panel before it ended in July. Till now, nothing has been heard. I cry every time I remember because Isiaka was so kind to me despite being the last one. This is an episode of Vestiges of Violence. It was written by Adeju Mokabir and edited by Anita Eboibe. Produced by Appa Toko. A quick note about our voice acting. All dramatizations in this episode are based on actual interviews conducted with the subject. Voice acting by Chikozie Victor, Hawa Shefi, and Appa Toko. 
The multimedia editor is Anthony Asemuta. The executive producer is Ahmed Selkida. For more stories, go to humanangomedia.com and find more episodes wherever you get your podcasts. I am Hamida. <laughs>